Hey guys, Andrew here. I just want to apologize for this episode. We ran into technical difficulties on Patrick's end, so unfortunately, we did film this Wednesday morning, only getting it out now. We apologize for that, and no top five episode. I'll bring in a separate, separate clip for that, because right before that happened, Pat's internet just went into shambles and was completely gone. Zero connection, so episode was cut a little short and delayed. We apologize for that. We hope you still stick around and listen. Pat, the Cubs have really been having some rough times in the Big Apple these last couple of games. I mean, it's not going to get easier tonight. We have to go against DeGrom. Yeah, I mean, we came off big series wins against the Padres and the Cardinals, but now we're down 0-2 to the Mets. we got to come back. I mean, it's not – yeah, like you said, it's not going to get any easier. we got DeGrom tonight. Perhaps the it's best pitcher in baseball. No, no, respond. not perhaps. He is the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah, and on top of that, you know, you, you got to play – yeah, like you said, the best pitching in baseball. I just do you think they can come back from this? I mean, they've been having a great season lately, but you know, this is gonna be the roadblock for them, I think. You wanna know why I don't think they'll win this game is because the Cubs, I mean, obviously you're going to Grom, who is right now historically on pace to pitch the greatest single in MLB history as a pitcher. He's gonna pitch the greatest season. Right now he is six and two with 60 in 64 innings pitched. He has a 0.56 ERA, 103 strikeouts, 0.531 whip, and an ERA plus of 687. And for those of you who don't know what ERA plus is, it's, it's an advanced pitching stat. Uh, the average MLB ERA plus is 100, and what is considered to be a good one is 150 to 200. DeGrom's at 687. 687. That's triple what a good ERA plus is meant to be. He's having an insane season. He's literally might break Bob Gibson's ERA record of 1.12 in a season. And another reason the Cubs aren't going to win today, they're throwing a guy who hasn't pitched a single MLB inning this season, Robert Stock. He was with the, he spent some time with the Padres in 2018 and 19, and now with the Red Sox, he uh, last season had a ERA of 10.13. So that's not looking too bright. It's a bullpen day today for the Cubs and. I don't think that's going to work well against the best pitcher in baseball, perhaps having the best season in baseball history as a pitcher. Yeah, no doubt. Considering when you've had Arietta the first game um, and then Alec Mills pitched the second game, you know, solid pitchers that have been having great seasons. But, yeah, that, that's not, there's no way that's going to match up to who they got to face tonight, who they're playing tonight. I don't think it's in the cards for them at all to win. Mets are going to win this game. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 37 of the Zoomer Sports Radio. As always, I'm Andrew, and we are joined once again by the great Pat Adusi. Pat, how are we doing tonight on this beautiful Wednesday morning? I'm a little tired, but we had to get a show in because it's been way too long. We've had to wait. We've had to delay the show We've more than a week now. Difficulties. Yeah, some technical difficulties last so, week. Yeah, what day was that Thursday we tried to do it? Yeah, it was Thursday last week. Yeah, so Today's Thursday, Wednesday. Yeah, th- Thursday, random thing. So we, we're on the Zoom like we are right now. We're about to film, and all of a sudden, my mic doesn't work. It's never had this problem. It just stops working. Like, it, like I can hear Pat, but Pat can't hear me. And the good old Yeti. So we got that problem fixed. And one who else fixed their issues is the Cubs. You know what? The Cu- I noticed something about the Cubs. They are 24 and 10 at home. They have the second best record at home. But once we go on the road, like we go against the Mets, they struggle. So why are the Cubs so good at home? 
They have a winning percentage of 705, second only behind the Mets, who ironically they're playing at City Field right now. I think it's got to be that, you know, last year, obviously with COVID, we had no fans. Fans are back. We got some of the best fans. We got the best fans oh, in the course, MLB. Oh, the best fans. So that's a huge advantage, especially when you got a team like this with a lot of, you know, we've had so many guys go on the IL lately. We've had some guys need to step up. Home field advantage is a huge thing, especially for those guys. It motivates them to play to a higher standard of playing. And we're seeing that with guys like, you know, Eric Sogard, uh, Patrick Wisdom stepping up. They've been having great seasons. I mean, and we never expected them to come. We didn't even know who they were before the season, heck. And for them to step up and be contributing the way they are, it really helps at home. But then obviously when you go play a team like the Mets on the road, especially with them, as we mentioned, with DeGrom tonight, that's when you see the liabilities and the weaknesses with this team. Well, yeah, guys like uh, you, as you mentioned, Patrick Wisdom, who's batting three twenty six in his last 15 with eight homers and 12 RBIs. He's slugging 870 right now, which is insane. I mean, obviously it's a 15-game stretch. But, like, I'm looking at some of these guys. Some of our name, name, high-name Cubs players haven't been producing this last couple games, and we were able to sweep the division rival Cardinals. Like, Bryant is only batting 208 in the last 15. Baez, 167. Hayward, 149. Hap, 143. But guys like Alcantara and Jack Peterson are hitting well right now. Yes, we've had some inconsistent performances across the board, but all in all, you know, this team has really gelled together nicely and has put together a good uh, string of games and series that they've been able to sweep over some of the best teams in the league. Yeah, and and for those of you who don't know, I did po- I went to that Sunday night baseball game and I posted a video here on Zoomer, kind of like a vlog type video of me at Wrigley. So definitely if you after you listen to this podcast, definitely go check it out. I'll have it linked in the description. Pat, have you checked it out yet? I have. It was a great video. Yeah. We got we gotta go to Wrigley sometime. Definitely. Film a, yeah. film a, film a dual video. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Cardinals at or Cardinals at Wrigley, Sunday night baseball, just a perfect yeah, YouTube video that we got in there. And Craig Kimbrell. Craig Kimbrell is back, Pat. I've I've been He's waiting back. so long to say that because we remember how bad he was in 2019. He gave up the back-to-back homers to the young and Molina that knocked us out of the division. He gave up the, the game-winning homer to Matt Carpenter in those two games in the series. We needed to win to win the division. We got swept, but I mentioned this in that one in the YouTube video, the Wrigley Field video. The Cubs had Wrigley Field and not had fans at 100% capacity since September of 2019, which was that really? Cardinal series, and they lost and they got swept. Knocked us out of the playoffs. To have fans come back 100% on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and to sweep the Cardinals, that might be – that's just that's just perfect. That's just like out of a – that's a, out of a picture book. It's that beautiful. That beautiful. It's like a Picasso. You couldn't have had it – you Amazing. couldn't have had it set up any better. And with Davies to come in and pitch most of the game and then for Kimbrell to finish, it's just a great game, great way to – put the exclamation point on the Cardinals and just to take the division lead, as you said, that really brings up the energy for this season and, you know, tough series right now in New York, but I think it's going to catapult them into, I think the division title this year. Yeah. So right now, after these two uh, lost to the Mets, the Cubs set tie tied atop the central with the Milwaukee Brewers at 38, 38, 29 apiece. 
the Reds are three games behind at 34 and 31, and the Cardinals are four games behind at 34 and 33. But the Cubs, look at the Cubs' run differential compared to the rest of the, the Central. Cubs, plus 39. Milwaukee, plus one. Cincinnati, minus one. St. Louis, minus 28. Pittsburgh, we don't really count them, but they're minus 98. That just shows you how great our bullpen has been this season and how we've gotten clutch hitting this season on our offensive side. Yeah, no, a team has gotten really good help from the bullpen, as you mentioned. And, you know, just everyone who's had to leave the team, I mean, Bodie, Horner, uh, everyone who's had to Pap go had to on take the some time off. Yeah, the fact – imagine when they do come back. I mean, imagine how scary this team is going to be. Um, World Series contenders, we'll have to see you later on. But, you know, this team is – it's exciting what they're doing right now. Oh, 100%. Now, we're going to shift over. We had some great baseball talk there, great Cubs. I like how we like to talk a little Cubs every episode because we're Chicago-based podcast. You know, I'm rocking the Bulls mm-hmm. jersey. But, oh, make sure we have – we're doing another top five just like we do it at the end of all of our shows now. So you definitely want to stick around for that one. But going in, Pat, Julio Jones made headlines. He's been traded to the Tennessee Titans for yes. a 2022 second-round pick and a 2023 fourth-round pick. I thought the Falcons got absolutely fleeced on this deal. Absolutely. I mean, to say, yeah, he's out of his prime, but he's still Julio Jones. He's still a Pro Bowl receiver. He can still make an all-pro team. I mean, we saw Randy Moss. We thought he was out of this prime with the Vikings. Goes to the Patriots, makes an all-pro team. Um, that's just an example. He's that level of receiver. I'm looking at his stats throughout his career. He's consistently a 1,213-yard guy. He's going to be that guy that the Titans need to get those to replace the reps from Johnny Smith and Corey Davis because they lost him in free agency. I don't think this move makes the Titans Super Bowl contenders, takes them over the top. But I think it definitely helps what they lost in the offseason. Yeah, because that was one of my questions. I, I'm like, are the, are the Titans Super Bowl favorites at the AFC now? Do they overtake the Chiefs, the Super Bowl Absolutely favorites? not. Absolutely not. They're a playoff I, team, definitely. But still with, with, this roster. with Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, I think that makes you a Super Bowl contender. I mean, I, I don't even know if I picked them to win the division, to be honest. I mean, with the Colts, got- I, I do like this Colts team. Yeah, the Colts, I think Carson Wentz is going to have a bounce back year, especially, especially with reuniting Frank. with Frank. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say same thing, reuniting with Frank Wright. Mm-hmm. And then obviously I mean, the O-line and defense but, is great. And that three-headed monster of Jonathan Taylor and Nakeem Hines and Marlon Mack, just great running backs. Mm-hmm. They need to go sign a wide receiver, trade for someone. I, don't I would tra- – yeah, go ahead. Who, who would you trade for? I would actually trade away – I mean, I don't know what the market is for him, but – if I could, I would trade T.Y. Hilton because he is getting up there in age, and I think they could get some good assets for him because there are other teams that need a receiver like him. You would trade T.Y.? I, why wouldn't they keep him? Because the receiving core is pretty – it's just like Paris Campbell, Zach Paschal, and uh, Michael Pittman Jr. That's not a great receiving core. I mean, it is a young receiving core, so in time that could become one of the best in the league. And, you know, T.Y. for them wasn't great last year. I just don't know, like, I wonder what you could get for him in the other minds of teams is what I'm well, saying. Well, if you can only get a second for Julio, you're not going to get much. Yeah, I thought Julio was a, at least one first-round pick. That's what I was thinking. I mean, it was like, what, a second and a fourth? 
Second like and fourth, and they sent a fourth back to Tennessee too. They swapped fourths. Okay. Which, yeah. But the, you're getting a second round pick for Julio. Julio's I would I would have traded a first round pick for Julio. And then was, so okay, yeah. Go ahead, Pat. What were you gonna say? No, no, you go ahead. I was gonna say, so what does this well, we're kind of talking about this? What does this mean for the AFC South? This is not who would you consider favorite for the division? Titans or Colts? Well, not only did the Titans lose Davis and Smith, they also lost Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator, who took the Falcons' job, actually. So that's going to take a while to get used to. New system, uh, new coordinator. So I don't know how – I'm going to be honest. I think this team is going to be good. I don't know if they're going to be great the first year because it's going to take a new system getting used to with new pieces. And the offensive line isn't nearly as good as it used to be. They had Pro Bowl – Left tackle Taylor Lewan, um, but he was injured, and that that O line isn't the same as it's hey, usually. Hey Taylor Lewan, busting with the boys on Barstool Sports. <laughs> there we go. Him and Will Compton uh, have a great old podcast they do. But go ahead, what you were saying. Yeah, and um, as for the defense, they got a good secondary, but they got no pass rush. Uh, they can't get to the quarterback. They were like dead last in sacks, if I remember correctly, last year. Uh, so that is something that they didn't really address in the off season. Um, and yeah, the secondary is decent, but I think the holes on this team, there are too many for them to be a Super Bowl contender. Division contender, yes. Yeah, I agree with you, Pat. I think that I think I might consider him a Super Bowl contender, though. But but what does this mean for Matt Ryan and company down in Atlanta? They lose one of their biggest weapons, but they did draft Kyle Pitts. Will this help or hurt Kyle Pitts's development? Well, they have a new coach, so which is Arthur could, Smith you just yeah, mentioned. That could take some time to get used to. Um, you know, I think that a lot of people had the Falcons taking a quarterback in this year's draft. I said no, Matt Ryan's never been the issue. The issue has always been they can't stop anyone. So, oh, it's defense. You bring in Kyle Pitts, a young tight end. He's gonna want to play more soon. Like Julio last year, he he didn't play every game, and. A lot of it was probably that he didn't necessarily want to play every game. And he, like, just, I don't know. You got, you bring in these new weapons. They're going to want to play every, they're going to be healthier and more available. So I think that Matt Ryan will have a standard Matt Ryan season. He's going to throw for a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns. It comes down to if the defense can stop him. And from what I remember, I can't remember if they got any big defensive guys in free agency. I, I don't recall. But um, if they can stop some people, this Atlanta team is hit or miss in my eyes because they're so good offensively, they just cannot stop anyone. Yeah, just – and who, who do they got at the running back position this season? Because I don't believe they have Oh, yeah, Gurley. Todd Gurley's a free agent. That's right. So, I'm, is it Brian Hill? Is that their running back? I think so. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a quick Google search of the Falcons running back because I actually don't know because it was Brian Hill and Todd Gurley last year. So uh, Falcons running back is – oh, Mike Davis from the Panthers. That's right. They got him. So I think that's enough Julio talk. Let's uh, shift over to uh, more Illinois status. It's the Chicago Bears. Matt Nagy, what are you doing here? So Matt Nagy on the Chris Collinsworth podcast said, uh, Andy Dalton's our starter. Justin Fields is our number two. We're going to keep it that way. And – I'm just confused. Like, 
why even say that now? Because like that just takes out competition. It takes out story storylines. It just makes training camp less interesting. Like, why would you announce that now and not announce that week four of the preseason? I agree with the decision, but I don't agree with announcing it now, as you said, because you get into training camp, you have a whole training camp to the side. You can watch each of them play. And if Andy Dalton does start week one, I honestly don't have a problem with it because Neither yeah, do you, I. Could say, you could say he wasn't that great on the Cowboys last year, but that was, he just walked into deck being injured. He did not expect that to happen at all. And he had to start on the fly and he actually played pretty decent for what he had to do. He won some games. He threw some big yards, some games. So, and when he was with the Bengals, he won three division titles and made the playoffs more than 50% of the seasons he played. So to say that he could have a good year in Chicago to start things off is not ridiculous. And if he does, then Fields will be ready to come in, go through a training camp. He'll get the playbook down. I think they'll be fine. I just I just don't understand. Like, it's just going to lose the locker room, maybe, say, in the preseason or as training camp continues. Justin Fields is a, is miles ahead of Andy Dalton. He's way better than him. And the Bill Belichick method, let the best players play. Say he's way better than him. Does Nagy lose the locker room there? I wouldn't know if I'd say he loses the locker room, but I think that people definitely um, want to give Justin more reps. And if he's a lot better than Dalton, heck yeah, he should get the start. Don't use – experience doesn't really – I mean, it matters, but – if he's the better quarterback at the moment and he's playing better and he's playing better, has a better camp, he should definitely get the reps over Dalton. But if that's not the case, it's not the case. You know, we'll, we'll see how things shake out when we get to August, not June. I don't think the September. whole, I don't know if the whole sitting a quarterback a year works anymore. Obviously it worked with Mahomes, but we saw it doesn't, it doesn't need to happen. Burrow and Herbert showed that they were ready to play at the NFL level and play well at the NFL level. Obviously, Burrow got mm-hmm. hurt with the torn ACL, but Herbert had a had a great season, and he only sat one week because of Tyrod Taylor. Who Tyrod Taylor might have the worst luck out of anyone in the in NFL history. He gets hurt in Cleveland. Baker becomes a starter. He's out. Gets hurt because like the doctor like 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 punctured his lung on accident. Herbert's a starter. Tyrod Taylor is the worst luck. And he's he's a pro bowler, you know, Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. He was with the Bills, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like 2016. Worst luck in history. But that's just saying. It's not crazy. I, I feel Trevor Lawrence will start week one this year. What other do you, I don't think Trey Lance, I don't I do not believe so. Is that gonna bring him in? Do you think Zach Wilson maybe starts mid-season. week one? Well, who else would start? Darnold's not there anymore. They got Who's I don't even know who their backup string. is. Luke Falk? Who is, is that the old Washington? Yeah, all right, yeah, good point. I don't know any of their quarterbacks besides Zach yeah. Wilson. Oh, literally, I looked up on Google top stories. Jets running out of backup QB options. Literally. <laughs> wow. Literally. Next story. New York Jets quarterback Zach Wilson ranked among worst starting quarterbacks. Yeah. Good yeah. luck out there in uh, East Rutherford, Jet fans. Yeah, a lot of people are saying, like, oh, Zach Wilson's going to transform the Jets franchise. The oh, Jets God. are always going to be a team that's in the hunt for a quarterback because, one, they don't give people time. And, two, that's not a system 
that's going to be great for quarterbacks. I mean, there's no story that's like Zach Wilson comes into this functional Jets franchise with no stability at all, no ownership, and turns them around and wins the division in his first year. That story does not exist. That does not happen. You, The only quarterbacks that are going to do well from the jump start in this draft, I said, was Trevor Lawrence because he's just the best quarterback prospect maybe in like a decade and college quarterback prospect. And then whoever went to the Niners, which in this case was Trey Lance. So those are going to be the two guys that stand out as the best of the class because every other quarterback that did get drafted is going to not an ideal situation. Yeah, what you suggested is that everyone's thinking Zach Wilson's going to have a Bobby Boucher moment as a water boy, but not a linebacker, but he will come back and be turn around this Jets team at quarterback amazingly like poof with magic. It won't happen. No, it won't. And Darnell Mooney, uh, one last thing. Darnell Mooney said he was smiling as he ran deep routes because of how nice the ball was getting thrown to him, his passes from fields. No, him and Justin are going to have great chemistry. Him, Justin, Al- I think, do you think this Justin Fields draft pick keeps Allen Robinson in town? Um, I would have to base it off of how he plays this season. I think because, we have to yeah. base it off of how the Bears, because if Rodgers doesn't play, I think the Bears are the best team in the division. I would say so, yeah. I mean, probably the, I mean, the Packers still got great players, but. You know, Jordan Love's been struggling in training camp. It's been reported. You think Blake Bortles is going to take them to the, to the playoffs? No. You think Blake Bortles is going to take them to the playoffs? No. No, he's not. So the Bears or would probably Boyle. be the favorites in that division. Uh, Kirk Cousins, year two. I mean, history says the Vikings make the playoffs every other year, so I don't know how it's going to go. But, yeah, the Bears, I think, would definitely be the best team in that division if the uh, Aaron Rodgers leaves. I mean, the Vikings who have that killer three-punch of Thielen, Jefferson, and Dalvin Cook. So that is a little scary over there. Mm-hmm. But let's talk some NBA playoffs. First, uh, we got to uh, pay our respects to Nikola, jo- Nikola Jokic. Uh, he got swept by Booker, Paul, and the Suns, but he did win MVP. So uh, first, second-round NBA draft pick to ever win MVP. So... History made there, but he did get swept in the semifinals. The Suns will go against the either the Jazz or the Clippers. And Pat, how is that series right now? The Jazz uh, Clippers or the Suns series or the Jazz Clippers series? The Jazz Clippers series. That series right now is at two games apiece, and it's been reported that Kawhi Leonard will not play game five because he had a knee injury. But, you know, when the Clippers did tie the series, I thought that the Clippers were going to take the series because – yeah, there's a lot of great players in the regular season. A lot of guys who've won MVP. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Giannis Antetokounmpo, just to name a couple. What they can't do, when you talk about MVP, I know it's a regular season award, but MVP is in a closeout series, a Game 7. Who do you want? If you can take any player onto the court in a Game 7, who is it? Outside of LeBron in this prime, outside of LeBron in this prime, I would say Kawhi Leonard because we've seen he's won finals MVP with the Spurs and the Raptors. He's been great in those closeout games. I think that the Clippers are going to win this series if he's healthy because he's been used to that game pressure. 
Are you talking all time? Who would you like? Are you no, talking I'm talking like in the players? league. Yeah, oh. in the league right now. You said, you, said Le- you said LeBron in his prime. I'm like, if you were talking well, even history, LeBron now. I was I, yeah, and no, I was going to talk about. I was going to mention Jordan, but all right, LeBron now. I think this. Do you think this series was a fluke? Like kind of like quit on his team, went in the locker room, started walking all over the court during time. Is that a fluke this season, or was is that LeBron that we will know for the future? Um, I think a lot of it just came down to you know AD wasn't healthy. LeBron wasn't healthy himself because he was coming off that injury. Uh, and they and missed think- a bunch of uh, key role players that they had from the last year's championship teams. Rondo, Dwight Howard, Avery Bradley. JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee. Uh, a lot of guys. I, I, I had a list somewhere. Uh, yeah, I think they got to change up that team completely. Guys like, you know, Kyle Kuzma, I think, has got to go. Montrez Harrell was not getting the minutes he deserved uh, as a sixth man of the year last year. Um, you know, Marcus Saul didn't contribute much. They got to change the Lakers team. So I, I'm not putting this one on LeBron at all. And this is Suns team with Booker Ayton and Chris Paul. She's very good. I like their dynamic. I, I hope they win the championship. And just, we have some really, yeah. Just because I want Chris Paul to win a ring just sometime. He's, he's been in the league forever. Speaking of which, there's some very unfortunate news that came out. It's been reported that Chris Paul has to be put in safety protocols for COVID, which makes absolutely no sense. I thought every player was vaccinated. Why, why is that still a thing? Gonna, it's been reported by the NBA. I'm going to go to the NBA with this baseball bat, Pat, and just bonk him because, like, I want Chris Paul to win a ring. You can't do that to me. You can't do that to me, NBA. I want Chris Paul to get a ring. You can't do that to me, NBA. Chris Paul's been one of my favorite players. You can't do that to me. Besides, like, the- Derek Ro- besides like, Derek Rose, he's my favorite player. Mm-hmm. He's the one guy who needs a ring out of everyone, and he deserves it too. Because he's, I mean, Charles Barkley calls him the best leader in basketball, and he really is. I mean, everywhere he, everywhere he plays, he makes them better. I mean, when he was with the Thunder last year, they had to trade him because he was messing up their tanking. And now, look where they are. They're yeah. probably in a better place now. He makes everywhere he goes, he makes them better. He wins in every team. And so with this Suns team, if he has to miss any games at all, that's going to hurt them. And I really hope he doesn't because it's complete. It's ridiculous if he'd had to miss games because of COVID protocols, because has ever, hasn't everyone been vaccinated? I'm pretty sure. I don't know, Pat. It's I, I, I just have a question here. You can answer in the comments or anything. Am I allowed to become a Phoenix Suns fan just for this rest of the playoffs? Just so Chris Paul can win a ring. Am I allowed to become one? Just yes. I'm rooting for them. Just so Chris Paul will win his ring. Because like oh, he's I... my third favorite player of all time. Probably behind Derrick Rose. And uh, he might be second. I'm trying to think of someone who I have uh, higher than him. Obviously, I got Dennis Rodman, but I never saw him play. He's my favorite. But I think Derrick Rose and Chris Paul are one and two for me. So yeah. I think... Would that be fair for me to want Chris Paul to win and root for them? No, root for Chris Paul to win his ring. Yeah, that's fine. All right, yeah, because I'm not a, I'm not a Suns fan, but I'm gonna root for the Suns. All right, just so everyone don't 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 be calling me a bandwagon. I want Chris Paul to win the ring. That's not a bandwagon. Now let's that's... talk about this. Uh, yeah. All right, thank you, Pat, for being mm-hmm. on my side. Now let's talk about this. Uh, 
Bucks uh, Nets game. Unfortunately, Kyrie was not able to play. He got hurt in game game four, which was on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And uh, what what are your take? Oh wait, was this the game where Pat um Coving Pat Covington is that how you pronounce his name? Connaughton. Connaughton started leaking blood out of his face. Was that this game? Uh, that was. Oh, that was Sunday game. night. That was Sunday night. Yeah, that was game four. Yeah, dude, that was pretty. That was pretty. I was watching that before in the restaurant before I went to Wrigley. Pretty insane, but mm-hmm. Nets win this game one fourteen to one oh eight. Uh, Pat, uh, what are your main takeaways? As everyone knows, you are the basketball guy. You were the NBA guy. Yes. I'm just I'm just gonna host this segment. I'm not gonna really contribute much. This yeah, it's is the Pat. opposite. This is with Pat's baseball. time. Yeah, it's the, it's the opposite. opposite baseball. Pat turns in the host, and I become the analyst. Yes. Pat, you're the analyst now. Let's My main go. takeaway is that KD can carry a team. I mean, we saw Harden was doubtful in this game. He comes in, yeah, he plays, but he didn't really do much. He had five points, um, played most of the game, but KD he played the entire game. Ended with 49, 17, and 10. He absolutely put the city of New York on his back. I mean, he people are not talking about it. He's the greatest basketball player to ever play for a New York team. I mean, yeah, not Patrick Ewing, not say whatever you want. He is the best player to represent a New York basketball franchise, and he absolutely took the Nets and put him on his back. Yeah, we got uh, also got great contributions from Jeff Green, 27 points. I mean, he stepped up. Blake Griffin, 17-3, he stepped up. In the absence of Kyrie and with Harden being like not nearly 100%, he really took this game away. When they were down 17, down like 16 at halftime. And as for the Bucks, I don't think that Giannis is going to be the go-to guy because what we've learned is that, I mean, throughout this entire playoffs, he cannot shoot a free throw to save his life. I think they got to go to Middleton for reps because he can shoot a three he can get to the rim he can draw fouls and make the free throws drew holiday has been the point guard the whole time it's a great full general he's re- he's really underrated in my opinion Giannis is someone you go to to build the lead early and like take over the game you don't want him in end the game situations and pj tucker put up zero points we they needed more from him uh they got the Bucks got the help, so I don't want to hear anyone talk about Giannis didn't have help. He had plenty of help. They had four guys scoring double figures besides him. But this Bucks team, I mean, the series is going back to Milwaukee. I think they can even things up being at home. But man, this was a this was a missed opportunity. If they win this game, if they close out that game, I say they win the series because I can't see them losing at home to the Nets, especially with a questionable Harden and no Kyrie. This is basically what I heard when you were talking about Kevin Durant and Brooklyn Nets. There we go. That that's legit all I heard. I just heard Kevin Durant put the city of New York on his back and he run the Bucks out of town. No, but like looking at this, I mean, as a as a casual NBA fan, how do you win when James Harden shooting one for ten from the field, zero for eight from three point, only scoring? Five points. He's supposed to be one of the best shooters in the history of the game. Joe Harris, two for 11, one through seven from field. One of their other shooters, five points. What was wrong with them? I mean, Blake Griffin obviously stepped up and got 17. Same with, who is that? Is that, is that Jeff Green? There's no Jeff way that's, Green, yeah. Dude, Jeff Green, the guy, who won, nowhere. the guy who won a championship for the Celtics in 08. 
this Jeff Green. Who had heart surgery in like 2012, and his life was on the line. No one thought he would come back to the league, and look where he is now. That's crazy. How? That's. And DeAndre Jordan didn't even play. Was he hurt? Uh, he hasn't played in a while. So why doesn't yeah, DeAndre Jordan play? Yeah, he's hurt right now. Oh, oh, all right, all right. But I mean, he's not a difference maker by any day of the week. All right, yeah, but uh. Just insane. That's really Kevin Durant. One point short of 50. I, I'm impressed by Durant. He's he's a top 10 player in NBA history. Don't want anyone else to be. disagree. Don't if you disagree with me, I'm not I'm I'm not the NBA fanatic who follows everything, but I know my NBA. I, I know what and Kevin Durant's a top ten player of all time. Yeah, no, he's top ten all time and you know, he, he is the best player. I'm going to say he's the best player in the game right now, especially considering he had to come off an Achilles injury. And, like, no one other than Dominique Wilkins, you can say, has ever came back from an Achilles injury. That kills a lot of guys' careers. And for him to come back and put the state – I mean, he's missed, like, half the games this season too, and he's still playing like this. It's just – it's something you can't teach. He's just – he has the ability to take over the game – Whenever he wants, and this is a scary sign for the Bucks coming up in Game Six and Game Seven, if there is one. Well, Pat, let's move over to the other team you enjoy watching as of Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid. Uh, yes. If the Atlanta Hawks win the series, is Trey Young officially the new villain of the NBA? Trey Young, I wouldn't call him. A, well, I don't know why he'd be a villain. It's just because, like, I mean, how he was shushing the New York crowd and all that he was doing with the Knicks. That is true. And, I mean, the popcorn situation. and um, But, I mean, he can, you can build a franchise around him. He's a great young ascending player. I mean, there's a lot of questions about him coming out of the draft. You know, he, he had the most, like, boomer bust potential. But, I mean, last night he had 18 assists. That was a playoff record by any Hawks player, if I'm not mistaken. Um and the Hawks have done a great job evening up the series. I mean, two games apiece, going back to Philly. But with Embiid um, playing a little hobbled, as you would say. Um, so drop you know, 17. The, yeah, the, yeah, the sixes. I mean, he, he hasn't so, been playing. And like 21 rebounds. 21 rebounds, yeah. 21 Holy. Rebounds. He had more rebounds than he had points. Great double-double there from uh, 19 defensive rebounds. Yeah, but I would be scared if I'm the Sixers right now because I think you know Ben Simmons, his best year was his rookie year. He's been descending. Uh, we've learned that he's not great in late-game situations because he can't make his free throws. Uh, Tobias Harris, questionable. He's kind of on and off. Embiid but he did have 20, eight on he free did throws. He did have 20 and 5. He did have 20 and 5. Um, Seth Curry is kind of the streak shooter that they need. So I think he's all right where he is. But they need to go Hawks bring back team. JJ Redick, the Sixers. They yeah. need to find a way to bring him back. Mm-hmm. He's on right. the Pelicans. Yeah, yeah, go back to what you're going to say about the Hawks now. Yeah, this Hawks team, man, they can be scary. They could challenge. I think that they could win the series. I mean, they were down 17 and then they won this game. I think that's a big momentum swing for them going back to uh, the city of brotherly love. And they're going to give them a really tough out in game five. If they win game five, I can't see them not finishing it out in Atlanta. 
yeah, I mean, this is gonna be a great series. And uh, who do you who do you think takes this series, Hawks or Seventy uh, Sixers? I'm gonna say I'd probably still pick the Sixers, but I think that the Nets are gonna blow them out in the conference finals. I don't see how the Sixers win that series. You don't? No, I, I even with Embiid at 100. percent I mean, the Nets got a much better supporting cast in my eyes. Um, you know, with especially with whenever Kyrie comes back, um, yeah, they're not going to beat that team. So uh, before we hit up the uh, college football playoff talk, uh, just want to put a brief uh, out there for our hockey, a brief uh, statement out there for our hockey listeners. Uh, lightning win, big four to two. Uh, shout out Rhett Schemberg for a, he's a big lightning fan. I know that listens to the show down in Dallas, Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, actually. So shout out Rhett for listening to the show and being a big lightning fan. Thank you, Rhett. Now let's talk some college football playoff. Pat, what is your initial thoughts of college football playoff getting expanded to an 18 or 12 team tournament? I'm completely in support of it because there's a pattern that's seen in college football with this new playoff format. It's just like the best schools, the best, the blue blood schools. So that's Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio state, Oklahoma, same like five teams in consideration. Would you put Notre year. Dame in there? Uh, Notre Dame I gets would. the playoff. So yeah, does I Oklahoma. They, they get both get blown playoff. out, but they both get to the playoff. Yeah, I would. Cause they get to the playoff similar to Oklahoma. They get blown out cause they play in the cupcake big 12. Uh, but they get to the playoff. They've gotten better at recruiting. Those are the schools. You're going to see them in the playoff every – there's no parity in college football with this new playoff format. Now, if you expand it to eight teams, like what it, what it used to be is like the same four teams who get to the playoffs every year, and because they make the playoffs, they play in the games, and then they get the best recruits because those recruits want to play at the teams that make the playoff. So it's just a pattern every – it's a cycle every year. You're going to see the same four teams. So with this new format, I mean, they recommended a 12-team format where basically each power five conference would be an automatic qualifier plus one power six team and then six at large bids so they could be from any conference just the next six best teams i like this format because it makes it it creates an avenue so that you could win your way into the playoff and give every conference representation on the big stage because if you do this full team playoff format for a while, you could have five undefeated uh, major conference champions. But how do you know that, you know, the SEC champ is better than the Big Ten champ? You know, you, there's not there's not enough games to decide that unless you bring back all the other non-conference big games during the season, which we didn't have last year, obviously. Um but I like the 12-team playoff. I think it's more of a playoff. I think it makes for more games, more opportunities for other schools uh, to really prove themselves. And I like the addition of the 12 teams. Looking at it, so uh, this year, I'm just going to use – you know what? Let's not use 2020 because Oregon and Ohio State, those champions only won only played six games. Yeah, but let's go to 2019. So, automatic qualifiers, and that would have been LSU for the SEC, Clemson for the ACC, Ohio State Big Ten, 
Oregon Pac-12, Oklahoma Big 12. So those five get in. Now looking at the rankings, so those five are in. The other teams that get in, there's seven, would be Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Penn State, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Notre Dame. That seems a little more exciting than just Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama every single year. Just saying. I'm going to look at the 2019 season just to see if I'd make any changes. I mean, you could put Baylor in there. You could maybe argue Iowa or Memphis, Utah, mm-hmm. Appalachian State was 13-1. and one. I'm just, I just went off the top 12 ranked teams, and the five conference winners just happened to be in there. So you had LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, Florida. I mean, this is my list because I'm going off of – I'm not making a list. This is just like the ranking who, who the top 12 teams were at the time. This oh, that's, that's what I did. That's what I did. Yeah, okay. So LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, Florida, Oregon, Baylor, Alabama, Auburn, Wisconsin, Utah, Penn State. That's, Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame. So that's uh, – oh, I just named 14 teams right there. So we'd take out Notre Dame and Penn State. So that would be the top 12. Wait, so what other what teams did you add? Um, I don't think you said Auburn, and I don't think you said Utah. Oh, well, I'm, are you looking at the final or the week 12? Oh, I'm looking I'm at looking the AP. At week, I'm, I'm looking at week 15 AP poll. Uh, I'm oh, looking, yeah, I'm not I'm looking at, at the playoff rankings. I'm at the final rankings. I was at the final rankings. Okay. My yeah. bad. Uh. So yeah, it could, it could have been anyway, and I would assume the first rounds would be at the higher seed stadium. Wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. So that's a home field advantage for because obviously Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama, their their whole teams, coaching staffs, and like the those schools in general would be strongly against this because they make it every year. Let's be real. Alabama's missed it one time. Clemson has missed it. I don't remember the last time Clemson wasn't in it. I think the first one was the yeah. last time they weren't in it. So, I mean, my sister goes to Clemson. I cheer for Clemson, but I think it's time for Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State to start losing. I really do. And I look, wanna, with this, yeah, I want to see my. I want to see more diversity in my college football teams in the playoff. Like, not Georgia barely making it in. LSU with that miracle run, kind of messing with it. Uh, Oklahoma getting in or Notre Dame getting and just the same teams every time. Yeah, this is why college basketball is so much more oh, interesting. So much better. The March Madness format allows, like, in college football, don't Loyola Chicago it, does don't, not exist. Don't say it, Pat. Don't say it. Don't say it. I knew no, you were going to go there. Don't don't say it. No, I'm going to say it. Don't say it. I'll pull you in. Your uh, how about you talk show. about like? How about you talk about like Middle Tennessee State or? Michigan okay. State, Norfolk State, Mizzou, uh, Florida Lehigh, Gulf Coast, Duke, Dunk Florida City. Gulf Coast, Dunk City over um, Georgetown, Oral Roberts, Ohio State. Let's talk about them now. Yeah. Don't, stop talking about Sister Jean. Though. Okay, the point uh, you, is that – You can talk about Loyola yeah. Chicago when they're the 11 seed. That's what I was referring to, yes. Oh, oh, that I is not you. a Cinderella run when they just beat Illinois. That's two I, games. I told you. I told you. I, told I you said it's not – I told you not to say that. Well, guess what? You're not going to get your wish because I'm bringing up a narrative. At- All right, go. Just go. I'm going to whack you with the bat now. I'm going to whack the NBA with for 
I'm putting Chris Paul in safety concerns or whatever. Go ahead, talk. Are you frozen? I'm almost positive you are frozen. So other than that, well, Pat's frozen. I'm going to talk about... Uh, what should we talk about on Frozen? Uh, I'm actually, I ate some Cinnamon Toast Crunch this morning. It was pretty good. Um, Kind of an overrated cereal, but I, I do enjoy uh, a good bowl of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And um, what else did I do this morning? I watched Get Up with uh, Mike Greenberg and uh, Dan Graziano was on with Jeff Saturday. And Pat is glitched out. So we're going to continue this on. And hopefully Pat will get back. But college football talk, I'm just sick and tired of seeing good old Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State in it. Like, I get it. I get it. They're good and they get all the top recruits. But come on, let someone else have a shot. You feel me? I know you feel me. But anyway, going on here, I, Pat, Pat leaving threw me off. Let's see. Pat texted me. What did he say? What happened? He texted me. Uh, you glitched out so pat glitched out let's just we can talk let's talk about some barstool sports uh so my favorite uh barstools i really enjoy uh redline radio with the barstool chicago guys uh i apologize for the listeners here who a aren't interested in barstool or b unfortunately pat uh glitched out of the system but so I was DMing with uh, White Sox Dave of Redline Radio in Barstool, Chicago, about uh, doing a uh, – I said you should do a dog walk with Eddie on Disco Demolition Night. And he responded with, that's a great idea. We should, we should do that. And uh, he's like, I gave him – you should interview maybe someone who was on the field that night or maybe try to find a former player like uh, – who was it? Like Ken Kravick was warming up on the mound when – the player or the fans started rushing or maybe like a Lou Whitaker, Alan Trammell for the Detroit Tigers who's on that team. But, and then he responded with, yeah, I'm going to run with this. I might make a red line radio out of it. Just a whole episode on disco demolition or just like part of an episode on disco demolition, maybe getting a bigger name. Uh, Alan Trammell, uh, Don Kessinger, maybe he was the manager of that team at that time. Maybe Mike Vec, the son of Bill Vec. But yeah, so White Sox Dave and I talk a lot, uh, so I'm just glad to give him some content ideas because I'm almost positive if White Sox Dave saw me on the street, he would recognize me. And there's that. And let's let's call Pat and see if uh, he's getting back. We're we're gonna call Pat. See, this is the technical difficulties I'm talking about with Zoomer Sports. You know, is we use Zoom for Zoomer. Cause it just it's, the studio is too much of a mess to have people back in like we used to have it. Cause like there's a pr- there's a printer right here, Wi-Fi router. When I th- so Pat, oh, are you able to get back on? Yeah, um, I'm trying to join right now, but my Wi-Fi just like pushes down. All right, so just you know, we have Pat on Facetime now. He is um trying to get back in. Uh. Maybe until until you uh get it in, I'm gonna hold you up to the mic. Just some old old school uh Zoomer Sports back when we were doing episodes one and two, the MJ Mondays. Remember, the way it had to be. Yeah, and so keep trying to join. Uh, yeah. 
Because uh, I you still have the code, right? All right, so keep trying, but anyway. So uh, I have I have I have Pat here because we need you to join the meeting uh to join uh for the top five draft. But going on uh, Ohio State, will they make it this year? I, you know, I might just have to. We might just have to end this, and oh, I'm getting a call from my mom, so I have to. I'm just gonna end this. I'm just gonna end this Zoom and start a new one. See if you can join. Okay.